and I'm, I'm glad I'm not giving you the essay because we're podcasting this one and I don't know that we'd want to duplicate it. So this is something new and this is, this is it, folks. So uh, I'm going to speak rather much off the cuff. Uh, William Summer and Adam Summer, that Miss Betty mentioned, uh, were the two main uh, men behind the nursery. William Summer was born in 1815 and he died in 1878. Adam Summer was born in 1818 and died in 1866. The nursery began um, formally named in 1840. William Summer was a a lad crippled early as a child, and he did not go to college like all his brothers did. They all went to South Carolina College. He couldn't go. In those days, it would not have been easy. <clears throat> and he said, because I couldn't join in rural sports and the activities of all the young folks, I said I wanted to do something that would still be beneficial to, to man and not just waste my life. And he was in great pain. He said, I was good with plants. A lot of times people who are good with plants don't have that many close friends or a big circle of friends, so they go with plants. And I think he did. He was pretty much to himself for a while. The pain was fairly terrific. We think it may have been something like polio, perhaps, but we're not exactly sure. But he couldn't walk. He had to use a crutch. And so um, he said, I'm good with plants, and I'm good with grafting, especially. He had some German neighbors, old, older mentors who had come from Germany, who really knew how to graft apple trees. and. He learned from them, and he also learned from Joel Poinsett, who was his mentor. And all of you know Joel Poinsett, of course. Mm -hmm. So Joel Poinsett took him under his wing, so to speak, and then helped him along. So that's William Summer. He started selling grafted grapes and apple trees in 1835. He's a young fellow. Now, you do the math. He's, um, and I'll try, born in 18, 15, 20, 19 and 20 years old. So we have record of people stopping by Pomeria um, Plantation, which was actually the John Summer family plantation. It didn't have the name Pomeria yet. We'll talk about that. But uh, folks stopped by and bought grapes and apple trees from William in 1835. So the nursery actually began about 1835, but formally in 1840. We're talking early. Uh, for example, Fruitland Nursery in Augusta that became Augusta National, it didn't begin until 58, 59, 60. So we're trying to give you a time reference. All of you have heard of Fruitland but very few of you have heard of Pomeria. Uh, this is changing, folks. So <laughs> the nursery's dates should be taken um, 
you should take note of. Pomeria, if you don't know the little community, is located off Highway 176, south of the current town of Pomeria, and about 25 miles from Columbia. It's in Newberry County, along the Broad River, um, <clears throat> not too far from Broad, I think about three miles. So in a sense, it's Pomeria is a neighbor of Fairfield, Fairfield County. The name itself um, <laughs> is an interesting story in and of itself. Um, I go to church in Pomeria, and the folks there always said the name Pomeria came this way. There was a cow caught on the railroad tracks and she was run over and they said Pomeria. <laughs> well, I suspected that all along. <laughs> it makes a good story and sometimes I wish it were true, but it's not true. <laughs> Uh, Pomeria was a name created by William Summer. It's a Latinate for orchards, Pomaria or Pomasaria. That's much better. Yeah, well, a little more dignified. <laughs> but uh, William Summer named the nursery Pomaria or Pomeria. And when the Greenville Columbia Railroad went through from Alston, people in Fairfield County know Alston. The spur from Alston to Adeville um, went through a little village called Countsville. And um, the nursery had gotten to be very famous by then, sending plants all the way to Mississippi and Louisiana. And they renamed Countsville and gave it the name Pomeria. Now the nursery was three miles from the little community itself. So the town Pomaria has its own kind of interesting derivation, but enough of that. Um, <clears throat> the nursery issued its first catalog in 1852, and it issued catalogs, nursery catalogs, every year thereafter until 1862. And I've been able to find all but one of those years. The 1861 catalog had 96 pages, and these were fine line pages. In that, in that catalog, he advertised named varieties of apples, 500, of peaches, 400, of apples, well, we don't need to go, all in the, peaches, apples, pears, 350 named varieties. Most of these are described too, and these catalogs are extremely important in trying to find these old cultivars because he describes the fruit and when it blooms, when it, you know. So <clears throat> that's the orchard side of things, but we're more probably interested here in the flowers and shrubs. Um, Pomeria Nursery introduced to this country from the Orient, at least from my records, in the year 1852, a plant that had not made it to England yet. 
and it was called Cupressus funebris, or the funebral cypress. Exhibit A. Oh. <laughs> this is the Cupressus funebris. It's one of the most beautiful trees. And um, <clears throat> Cupressus funebris was an introduction, but um, they also sold native plants. Uh, they sold in 1853 the Toria taxifolia, which is pretty amazing to most people. Uh, I sit by the mayor of Pomeria in the pew at the church, <laughs> and he said, what is this thing called Toria? And um, I said, why do you ask that? I got an email as mayor of Pomeria from California saying, do you have a Victoria tree in Pomeria? And they had learned about the Toria sales all the way to the, the West Coast uh, by the research and publications on Pomeria Nursery. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about, but I know somebody who will. <laughs> so we had to uh, communicate back to California that indeed they sold it, but we don't have one. And so that ended that. But uh, the Toria taxifolia, the Stewardia malacodendron, the most wonderful native plant. That was Adam Summer's favorite plant. And they advertised it in the 1852 catalog. Once you look at the offerings uh, of the redwood, the Wellingtonia, uh, the California incense cedar, these western natives, uh, you know that they love native plants as well as exotics. And the, the list of plants in these catalogs is truly impressive. There's a fine incense cedar here on Congress Street, uh, not too far from the museum. It's a very tall, beautiful tree. And I'm not sure what the house is called. At one time, it was called the Robertson House. And then at Rural Point um, <clears throat> in Winsboro, there is a beautiful Cryptomeria gracilis a particular type of cryptomeria that is probably the largest on the continent. This is in Winsboro. <laughs> that kind of takes the breath away, doesn't it? Um, but I don't want to get off on too many specifics. I want to let you know that in 1851-52, when the railroad came through Pomeria, the, it would have been the Charleston, Columbia, Abbeville Railroad. The um, nursery blossomed. They couldn't keep up with the orders because that made it possible to ship plants all the way to Louisiana. Now, you think, well, that's going to take weeks. How did they ship them? I found in my research at the South Carolina Historical Society a letter from David McCord, a very fine and important fellow from Columbia in 1850-51. He was married to Louisa McCord. You may know a great writer. He wrote to his kin people in Abbeville. You're thinking about having an orchard, 1852. You're thinking about having an orchard in Abbeville. Let me tell you about a nursery. <laughs> and he said, uh, if you get him the order, if you get Mr. Sum of the order, from the time he gets the order, fills the order, 
and puts it on the train, you'll have your plant in three hours in Abbeville. That just blew my mind. You can't do that with UBS. So this is why the nursery really flowered. It was able to flourish. So uh, they ordered, that was the Haskell family. The Haskells ordered peach trees, pear trees, a redwood, uh, a number of vines. The largest redwood east of the Mississippi is in Abbeville on North Main Street. And it was ordered by J. Foster Marshall from Pomeria Nursery. And they, Marshall probably got it in three hours from the time it was ordered. From the time it was, the order was filled. And it is huge, it's 140 feet, I believe that's the present measurement. There's also a very fine redwood in this town that probably came from Pomeria. I believe it's on Marion Street near Mount Zion. Winsboro is a very important tree town of noble trees, and many of them have relations to Pomeria. And I've been wanting you all over here to do a tree map of noble trees and have a drive map and a walk map. If you're interested in tourism, this is where it's at right now. You know that. Um, and that, maybe the Garden Club local could take that on. In fact, Garden Club South Carolina could do this for many communities and have related tours of Pomeria plants. Abbeville would be great. Um, but now, um, now I'm really off script. <laughs> I'm like President Trump sometimes. Sometimes the best thing's off script though, huh? Well, I'll move on. What really interests me right now in my research, I've cataloged the specific roses that Pomeria sold. I knew they sold a lot of roses. And I knew they sold only roses that were acclimated to the South and were repeat bloomers. They loved all roses, but they liked the repeat bloomers. In the South, we can have repeat bloomers. And of course, the noisettes, our own South Carolina rose. Um, I started cataloging from the catalogs. I came up with a figure of southern roses acclimated. Would you guess how many described? Most people guess 300 and they think that's a lot. 800 different wow. named roses acclimated wow. to the south. And in the catalogs, I'm, I'm, I'm making a three by five card, I do the old way, of a three by five card on each rose because in the catalogs he describes the color, the blooming habit, the shape of all these named roses of which there are no descriptions anywhere else. This has got to be published for Rosarians. There's another project for the Garden Club. Publish that rose, <laughs> rose book. Uh, I think it really needs doing. Um, 
I wanted to read you a little bit from William and Adam Summer, but uh, I really don't want to uh, take up more of your important time. I'll skip what he said about the magnolia, but he called, uh, William Summer called the magnolia grandiflora God's great gift. And he describes the uh, blossoms. He also then talks about, Adam Summer talks about the live oak. And he had just been to Ackerby Plantation, which is off the, uh, what we call the scenic road, the Ashley River Road. Oh, the most wonderful description, which I put in Taking Root. Uh, he talked about those magnificent, I've got to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it won't take but a minute. I'll just read a little bit. The live oak flourishes as far in the interior as Newberry. It does. I've got a beauty and it grew real fast. Some beautiful <laughs> specimens of which we have heard are growing on the Ennery River. And at and near Pomeria, there are fine young specimens grown from the acorn. I grew mine from acorns from the Middleton Oak and they're doing fine. Um, which show what can be done with this tree in a few years. If properly cultivated, it is as vigorous as most of the oaks. I think it's more vigorous in my yard. And whilst its habit in the interior is more erect than near the sea coast, that's true, it is still a most admirable tree. We have observed that severe winters here injure its foliage to some extent, but not so much as to make it appear naked. We would recommend its culture to the very foot of the mountains and confidently predict that it will as yet be acclimated in a common shade tree in all parts of the state, except on the highest mountain peaks. He goes on and describes it in poetic. In my tree grew, grew faster than pines. Can you believe it? No. I planted really? it in 1990, and it's now 40 feet. It's huge. And it does do a little bit of losing the leaves about this time of year, you can see. But it's still not, as he says, not naked. It's still got green leaves. But then that beautiful flush of green. There's no green like that. There's no green like the green, the fresh new green of the live oak. Mm -hmm. So he understood. That's a great tree. Uh, he loved our native magnolias as well, the, the, the magnolia macrophylla, one of our, my, my favorites, the tripetala, uh, you know, there are five cousins of the deciduous magnolia. Um, <clears throat> so they are importing from the Orient things that not even, not things, one thing that not even England had had at the time. That's pretty amazing. But they're also never forgetful of the native plants. They love the native azaleas better than the Japanese or Oriental. And they said they come in all colors of the rainbow. Why don't you plant them? <laughs> so we're talking about men who they're very sophisticated. They knew plants from around the world, but they also valued their local plants. And you talk about a blessed land with climate. We have it. Um, 
The Victorians tried to plant magnolias, and I've been to England to many gardens. Uh, some have this espalier magnolia on a southern wall, and it looks so sad. It needs to be, it needs to have more sunlight. I always say it's pining for home and the southern sunshine. But um, we don't think much of, you know, we pass magnolias as if they're, well, they're so common, we don't think too much of them. But that's our continent's great gift to horticulture. We have to realize that. And then to see them cut by line crews and misshapen, mm -hmm. and then some people even cut them down. And in England, they would be so treasured. So in England, we find southern plants in conservatories, but in our climate in central South Carolina, we can have an English conservatory turned outside. Right. We don't realize, well, yes, we do. I'm talking to people who do realize it. But in, in another audience, I would be able to say we don't really understand how blessed we are in our climate. And I had more to say, but you know, that's enough. <laughs> I thank you all for having me. I appreciate you letting me be Very interesting. Well, Very interesting. What is the soil type in this area? I see you have granite here. Are you?